You're listening to the Gordon Damer Show podcast on 98.7 ESPN. Off and running on this uh, when, on this Tuesday. It's not Wednesday yet. Good morning. Welcome in. It is the Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM ESPN New York. Lots to run through people. 60 minutes to do so. So, of course, the number you know. 1-800-919-ESPN. I am on Twitter, on Instagram, at Gordon Damer. Daily poll question is up for today. We will get to that in just a little bit. Lots of stuff to run through, of course, as uh, we take you up until 6 o'clock. It's Golik and Wingo then, but certainly want to hear you uh, get involved in the show. 1-800-919-ESPN is the phone number. And today is the day the Yankees will introduce Garrett Cole, the Yankees' big offseason acquisition. Yesterday was the day the Phillies introduced both Didi Gregorius and Zach Wheeler. So some interesting things coming there as uh, it seems like Zach Wheeler may be taking a little shot at Brody Van Wagenen. Monday Night Football gave me another chance to be nauseous all over again watching Drew Brees do basically whatever he wanted, right? Saints roll over the Colts 34-7. Not only did Brees uh, break Peyton Manning's touchdown record, he was basically perfect. He threw 30 passes, had one incompletion, had four touchdowns, over 300 yards, but yet somehow his quarterback rating was only 148.3. Like, shouldn't that be like the perfect qu- – if you don't have basically any incompletions, you don't have any interceptions, you throw four touchdowns and over 300 yards – I know, I'm not a mathematician as I give you examples of that on a regular basis, but I feel like that should be a perfect quarterback rating. And then, of course, the Knicks are back at the Garden tonight. Thought about Knicks for a poll question. Maybe they'll be the focus tomorrow, but we'll focus on something different. We'll get to that in a minute. And then, of course, you have the Patriots scandal. We really didn't have the necessary time. Yesterday on Monday, it feels like you really kind of have to break down all the action from the, the Sunday game. So yesterday, we really didn't have time to get into the, the release of that video over the weekend. Jay Glazer at Fox getting the footage of what that uh, freelancer working for the Patriots website God, he didn't know what was going on. But Jay Glazer at Fox got the footage, which was taken. Unless the footage was taken from inside the Bengals locker room on one of those little tiny cameras that they're always selling on the infomercials, the video really could not be any more damning than it already was. But you know what? Let's start with the baseball. We'll get to the football in a little bit. But today is the day the Yankees are set to introduce Garrett Cole. It's a big day for the Yankees. The big offseason continues, right? Hit the music, Brian. Yeah. Come on down, Garrett Cole. Nine years. All right, that's enough. It's a little too early for it. Uh, Nine years, 324. So the big press conference today, Cole was already uh, getting mobbed yesterday. I guess that was in Manhattan by some fans. He answered some questions. He said he's not too crazy about having to uh, shave his uh, beard and they say, and when you really think about it, right? Like, I know the Yankees have this policy. They've always had this policy. Maybe they'll always have the policy. But it is really silly. I mean, ima- imagine you're a guy. Garrett Cole is now worth over $300 million. This team, all I hear about is all these stories about the, this. The, they bring in Andy Pettit. They're whining and dining him. He's apparently a big uh, wine aficionado, Garrett Cole. So Aaron Boone brought this very impressive bottle. They're doing all these things that they have to do to swing this guy, to sign with the Yankees, all this money. And yet, they well, we do have one request. You have to shave your beard and cut your hair. It just seems, seems a little bit much in this day and age, right? Like, I'm not saying that it's not 
right to have some standards. Like he should not look like Charlie Blackman, who looks like the Unabomber. But uh, look, I guess he knew the deal. But still, it just seems a little weird. Like if you were worth $300 million, would you want somebody telling you? I guess you wouldn't care, right, if you were worth $300 million. But he's actually – you and I are not worth $300 million. So we'd just be happy to have the three. He's he's worth the $300 million. So to have somebody tell you, hey, you got to shave your beard and cut your hair seems a – I don't know. seems a little silly. But the big takeaway that I've heard about Garrett Cole is not about his beard or his hair, which I guess is not really all that surprising. Maybe I should not have spent <laughs> that much time on it. But that the fact that he went out yesterday and I guess he signed some autographs, he answered some questions, that this is somehow an example that he can handle New York. Like how many times have you heard, ah, already off to a better start than Randy Johnson, right? And Randy Johnson, his first day, he was like pushing a cameraman and stuff. And it kind of feeds into this. And you'll hear it a lot, right? This guy can handle New York. You got to get the right guys to be able to handle this city. Some guys just can't hack it. And it's a popular narrative. And I think the reason why it's popular is not because it's true, but because we like it because it it makes us look better. The fact that we live here, ah, see, we can handle this. We want people who can handle it too. It's really giving credit to ourselves. And when you really look at it, I'm sure that there are some examples of people. I don't know how you would know this specifically, that it was the pressure of New York City getting to them. But you know what guys generally can handle it? Guys who are already great. Guys who are already great, those guys don't really have problems handling it. And guys who are not great or have no idea what they're getting themselves into, which really I don't think is much of a problem anymore. Maybe it was back in the day. Those are the guys who can't handle it. And the first thing I would say is, can anybody give me the examples of guys who couldn't handle the New York spotlight who played for the Mets? doesn't really seem like that's a narrative that goes along with that team. It's much more about the Yankees. But the Yankee list, which would be far more easy to give you, uh, I think one of the first ones that everybody brings up is Randy Johnson, right? But there's other guys. They're generally pitchers. A.J. Burnett was one guy. Oh, I couldn't handle New York. Or Jarrett Wright or Kea Ga. The list is always guys who are either past their prime or guys who really weren't that good to begin with. Randy Johnson couldn't handle New York. You realize that when he really – the second year, he had two years, and the second year was the, the, the real down year. That second year, he was 42 years old. Like, are you telling me that he couldn't have handled New York if he had been, I don't know, 35? He didn't seem to have any problems handling New York when he was pitching against the Yankees. Like, the Yankees were – you would think that there would be more pressure there, right? You're pitching against the Yankees. I'd have to go through the the playoff appearances. I know he wasn't great, but I I don't really think that that was necessarily a sign that he couldn't handle New York as much as he was on the downside of his career. Or A.J. Burnett is another guy. Oh, couldn't handle New York. I don't know. 2009, it seemed like he could handle New York just fine. After that, he wasn't as good. Garrett Cole, I have no idea how exactly his career will go with the Yankees. I'm sure it will have some ups and downs. But if it goes bad, 
I really don't think it will be because he can't handle New York. I think that's just a lazy trope and an easy excuse to use when a guy doesn't perform up to snuff. But Garrett Cole is an elite pitcher. He has been an elite pitcher, and I think he'll continue to be an elite pitcher. So that's the one thing I wanted to get out of the way right off the bat. Yesterday, so the Yankees had their press conference today with Garrett Cole. Yesterday, it was the Phillies' turn, right? They introduced both Didi Gregorius and Zach Wheeler. And one of the takeaways there was that Wheeler, it seemed like, took a little shot at Brody Van Wagenen for his comments when Wheeler signed. So what were his comments when Wheeler signed? Well, Brody said, quote, I think the value for what we thought the investment was didn't line up. The projections we had for Zach, both short-term and long-term, didn't quite match up to the market he was able to enjoy. So Wheeler said, in short, that not that he needed motivation, but that he'll be using that as motivation. So who's right and who's wrong on this? Well, I don't think either person's wrong. If Zach Wheeler can get motivation from anything, whatever it is, all more power to him. And if, if that works for motivation does not have to be rational. If it works, like all it has to do is work. So if that gives him motivation, the, the comments of Brody Van Wagenen, well, by all means, fire away, buddy. But while Brody gets hammered a lot of times for things that he says, and I hammer him sometimes, I'd like to think that I hammer him when it's fair. This one is not fair because it's it's obviously true. The Mets did not think that Zach Wheeler is worth $24 million a year. Now, I mean, they're paying DeGrom, what, 25? <laughs> and the guy just won back-to-back Cy Young. So, yeah, obviously they don't think that Zach Wheeler is worth $1 million less or $1 million fewer. Wheeler is being paid, and good for him. Strike it rich. Make all the money that you can. But the contract to him is being paid as a projection of what he might do. And that generally has been what guys get paid for now. But it usually has some basis in performance as well, especially at that price, $24 million a year. Wheeler has ace-like stuff, but there's plenty of times that he is out of a game in the fifth inning. I went back and even looked last year. He has not been a guy who, while he has ace-like stuff, as I've said, and at times performs as an ace, has never performed as an ace over the course of a full season. Even last year, he made 31 starts. Eight of his 31 starts, he did not throw a pitch in the sixth inning. That's a quarter of his starts. So I'm all for bashing Brody when he says something that is is wrong or is just covering for ownership or is he made some move that's nonsensical. That's all fair. And maybe the Phillies are able to develop Zach Wheeler, find some way that the, the to develop him in a way that the Mets could not. Is that impossible to believe? No. I mean, he is going to be 30 years old when he pitches next year, so I, I'm not I'm not banking on it. And if you want to be critical of Brody not dealing Wheeler away when it was clear the Mets weren't going to sign him, okay, that's fair. But thinking the Mets screwed up by not signing him to that contract, to me, that one's not fair. So for Zach Wheeler, if he gets motivation in it, good for him. But Brody Van Wagenen, when you're looking at the list of things that he did wrong, saying what he said about Zach Wheeler, that's not on the list. 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. Coming up, we get into the poll question. Yesterday, we did not get a chance really to touch on the Patriots' latest cheating scandal. 
Not the previous ones. We're going to do the new, this one. Were they cheating? What should happen? And it ties into the poll question for today. The poll question is up. It's on Twitter. It's at Gordon Damer. And it ties in both the Patriots with the Astros. The Astros, obviously, we know that story. We've kind of gone through that story. We're still waiting on something for Major League Baseball. And then you have the Patriots. Probably a little upset that the Astros are getting all this cheating scandal attention. Wait a second. That's our thing. How dare you take our thing? That's our thing. So the Patriots and the Astros have been in the headlines recently over allegations of cheating. If the allegations are true, and I mean at this point, right? I mean, come on. I think pretty much they're true, right? It's, it would be kind of hard to think that they're not true. Which one do you think is worse? Is it the Patriots or is it the Astros? Patriots, they have a history of this type of thing. Time and time again. Or is it the Astros who, at least it seems like, their allegations are centered on one season? Now back to the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. We have lots of stuff to do still. We, obviously, the poll question is up for today. It's on Twitter. It's at Gordon Damer. It is about uh, the Astros and the Patriots both tied into the same uh, storyline, right? About cheating. The Astros investigation continues. The NFL certainly is going to look at this latest thing with the Patriots. And... I was going to say it looks like the Patriots are up to their old tricks. But to say when you say somebody's up to their old tricks, it almost implies that they got away from those tricks at some point and they're back to their old tricks. I think with the Patriots at this point, we have to just assume this is just their tricks. This is just what they do. They've done it this entire time to think that they got away from doing this at any point. I think that that kind of defies logic more than they just kept doing it, but just found different ways to do it. So by now, you've probably seen video of the uh, freelance video guy, which at first, it see, that's what the story was. This was just some rogue employee. He's not on the payroll. He's not part of the Patriots. No, he's part of Craft Productions, which just so happens to be under the umbrella, obviously, of the New England Patriots. So you've seen the video by now. Jake Glazer of Fox got it and aired it this uh, past weekend, shooting the Bengals sidelines. When he was supposed to be gathering footage some for an online feature about doing your job. So when you first heard of the story, let's be honest, we all knew what it was. But when you saw the video released over the weekend, it just made it all that much more clear. As I said in the open, unless it was video from inside the Bengals locker room, it really could not have been any more damning. Eight minutes, eight minutes of just shooting the sideline, which eight minutes in certain things is not that long a, a, a period of time. But when it's filming the sidelines of coaches, eight minutes is an eternity. And at this point, I mean, how many times do you have to have a team spit in your face and try to pass it off like it's raining. It's clear. It's obvious. It's happened before. It's happening now. It's probably been happening this entire time. And the Patriots have been warned. They've been punished. And yet they continue to do it. But it feels like a lot of people are almost, not that they're saying it's not a big deal, 
but it's almost like they're trying to pass it off like it's not exactly what we should all know it is. Here's Ryan Clark on NFL Live. I'm a guy who's a Pittsburgh Steeler and has been on the side of many fans believing that the New England Patriots have cheated. I still believe that they cheated before. I don't think this time it was that situation. I don't think that football operations had anything to do with this, but it is a huge black eye. They will be punished, and they should be. All right. So he's saying, I don't think that this is an example of that. If if you're of that belief, well, Belichick didn't know about this. It wasn't a directive from the team. It was just it was just a weird happenstance. What you're saying, maybe you don't realize you're saying it by saying it, but what you're saying is, is the Patriots are dumb. You're saying the Patriots are dumb that they didn't. They've been warned about this type of thing. They've been caught doing this sort of thing before. They've been called out on it. They've been punished for it. So what you're saying is the Patriots are dumb. If this could happen again, some rogue video guy who's not some rogue video guy, he's a full-time employee of Kraft Productions. I didn't know that when the first story first broke. That this is just some guy who's doing this on his own. On his own, And they left it up to this just random someone. You're saying that the Patriots are dumb. I don't believe that the Patriots are dumb. Do you believe the Patriots are dumb? Do you believe that this is just, boy, it's so weird, this coincidence that they got caught doing this again? And at this point, you'd have to say it's pathological. They can't help themselves. And at this point, I really feel like the Patriots should be considered guilty until proven innocent. Now, I will say, I don't believe that the Patriots' success is built on this sort of thing. I don't believe that the reason that they had this, like, two-decade run is because of this sort of thing. And I think that that is just a lazy excuse for teams and organizations that aren't as good. But just because the benefit is not the primary reason or one of the primary reasons for your success does not mean that you're not getting some benefit out of it. And even if the benefit is only minuscule. Maybe it doesn't even happen each game, each team, each 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 matchup. You're continuing to do it when you've been told not to and have been punished already. And again, this is filming the Bengals. So you're telling me this is all just a coincidence. That's kind of hard for me to believe. I'm sorry. I think you would have to be Super naive to think that a team that has had a history of this type of thing, doing this type of thing again, and just so happens to get caught. Oh, my goodness. It's a perfect storm. And listen to the video of what the guy says. Oh, I didn't know. I'm just filming a coach. But it's not the coach. He wasn't filming the coach. And then the story goes right away. Well, you know, I'm just getting some B-roll footage. What sort of B-roll footage would that be? It's of the sidelines. It has nothing to do with the coach. It has nothing to do with the field. It has nothing to do with a play being run on the field. It's of the sidelines. Minute after minute of, of filming this guy. And then when he has no other recourse, the guy says, well, you know, look, I could just delete it. Not, no harm, no foul. Well, then, you know, think about your kids, right? When your kids get caught doing something 
And at first they try to give you a story and then you say, no, that doesn't make any sense. Then they give you another story. That doesn't make any sense. And then they finally realize that they're busted and they say, well, you know, I'll just I'll just put it back. Well, no, you've been caught. You've been caught doing it. The, the damage is done. So go. It's, it certainly feels like and there's been reporting on this before that the Patriots have done these sort of things and they tell the people, well, look, if you get caught, just make up a story. And that certainly seems like what's going on now. So all due respect to Ryan Clark, who ah, I don't think that that's – no. It would almost it's, – it's too perfect for it not to be exactly what it seems. It's, I mean, how many examples do you need before it is exactly what it seems? So then, of course, comes to – here's – even Teddy Bruschi is saying – listen to what Teddy – <laughs> Mr. Patriot himself. Who thought this was a good idea? Bill Belichick. Right, right, they've denied it, and Bill said that he has no, nothing to do oh, well, with Kraft Productions. And right. I know Kraft Productions, and they're a separate part of the building, but right. however, nothing to do. Kraft Productions is under the umbrella, which right. is the New England Patriots, so it looks bad. Yeah. With everything good that's going on with the organization this year in terms of the celebration of the NFL 100, talking about Bill Belichick as one of the one of the best coaches of all time, him and Saban this week talking about their philosophies yes. and why they're they're such great coaches. And then you get this. And all it does is open up that wound and open up that scab so everybody can just say they're cheaters once well, again. I, you know, a scab mean when you get a scab, the bleeding has stopped for a period of time. I don't know that this is a scab. I think that this has just been going on the entire time. They've just been figuring out different ways to do it. And I would not think that there would be that great of a benefit to doing it. But then why the hell are they still doing it? There must be some be- – the great Belichick must be able to figure out something to do with it. So when it comes to punishment, uh, I don't know what the punishment will be. But the, in the past – it has to be more strict than it was in the past. And in the past, it was uh, draft picks. It was fines, that type of stuff. I think that this time I do think that a suspension is warranted. Now, I'm not saying for this year's playoffs. I'm not saying for this year. I'm sure now, as an example of the uh, the Astros, when the idea of what the punishment should be, I'm sure there's, there's going to be some crazy ideas. Let's ban the Patriots from the playoffs next year or something along those lines. But it's a perfect example. Like last night, the Saints were playing, and you saw Sean Payton. That dude was suspended for an entire season as a result of the, the, the bounty case that the, the NFL had against them. At this point, I don't know that the, the benefit of the cheating is all that great, but what else are you supposed to do at this point? They have been warned. They have been told. They have been punished. They have been caught, and it continues to happen. And to me, it's nonsensical to think that the Patriots are just the only team that continually gets caught doing this sort of thing. So even if he is saying, oh, you know, I, and even if it is true, which I don't know how you would ever believe the word of Bill Belichick on this, at this point, they are guilty until proven innocent. So it does have to be some sort of suspension. I'm not saying for a year, but it does have to be. If Tom Brady can get four games for deflating footballs, which I don't think had any impact whatsoever, then Bill Belichick, I don't know how much of an impact this stuff has, but the fact he's still doing it means he must be getting something out of it. 
So I think that a suspension is absolutely warranted. But that's not the poll question today. Poll question is up. It's on Twitter. It's at Gordon Tabor. It is, which of the two, if the allegations are true, which one's worse, the Astros or the Patriots? Now back to the Gordon Tabor Show on 98.7 ESPN. 19 straight completions now for Drew Brees that ties his career high in a game. But I think he's searching for another mighty mark. Will he get it here? Yes! Touchdown pass, 5-4-0 in the 5-0-4. All right, so there you go. The call last night. That's not very inspiring to me, bro. Drew Brees, who continues to pain me. One of these days, he's going to eventually slow down, and the Dolphins' decision to go with Dante Culpepper will not look as bad. It's not happened as of yet, but there you go. Your moment of inspiration, uh, the Saints rolling over the Colts last night on Monday Night Football, and Drew Brees passing Peyton uh, Manning on the uh, touchdown list there, and an amazing night by Drew Brees. And uh, I know that the draft is a little far away yet, and I'm not going to focus on it that much, but when you're a Dolphin fan, you have nothing left to watch this year. Right, you've already played the Jets. That's all. That's past. So now it's just playing out the string, and it's it's googling twenty twenty mock draft. That's all I do. I just sit and I Google. Oh, this one's an hour ago. Oh, let me see what this person. And it seems like, and maybe it's because it seems pretty clear cut, right? It looks right now as if Bengals clearly the first pick. They'll go Joe Burrow. Giants will have the second pick. It'll be Chase Young. Maybe that changes. Who knows? And then the Dolphins either pick third or fourth. And it seems like most of these draft picks are focusing on uh, Tua, Tonga Vailoa, for the Dolphins. I swear to God, if this organization is this stupid to do something like that, the Dolphins are probably the least talented team in the NFL. They have anything of value. They have sold off for parts. The last thing they need to do is say, hey, you know what? Let's get a quarterback. Now, if there's a quarterback that they absolutely – and this is the decision you have to make about a quarterback if you're running a team or should be making. Is this the guy I'm ready to marry? Is this the guy I'm willing to tie my future to? Because for Chris Greer or for um, Brian Flores – This might be the only guy they get to pick. That happens a lot of times, especially with organizations as bad as the Dolphins have been. So they should be saying to themselves, I'm not picking any quarterback that I'm not willing to stake my my head coaching career on. And look, I like him as a guy. I hope that he's able to come back. To think with the third or fourth pick in the draft, you'd be willing to make that decision on a guy who, A, is not healthy now, B, you don't know if he's going to be healthy, C, you have a pretty good track record that he's not going to stay healthy. And he couldn't stay healthy playing at Alabama. You think now, with an offensive line that is slapped together with some, um, what's that, flex tape? Flex seal? Flex seal and some bubble gum, he's going to stay healthy behind that? No, that is not the way to go. You have to find foundational pieces for, and a quarterback would be great, but not somebody as injury prone as Tua. I'm sorry. That's not the way that they should go. This is a 
it would have been better. And I mean, they are the picture of a dysfunctional organization, a front office that's clearly doing everything they can to stockpile draft picks and rebuild, tank, whatever you want to say. And then you have a coach who now we're going to try and win every game. We just traded a second-round pick last year for Josh Rosen. You think we could put him in a game, maybe, and see if he has any value? No, no, no. we got to go with 37-year-old Ryan Fitzpatrick and try and win every single game. Talk about dysfunctional. Boy, oh, boy. So that means they probably will take two. <laughs> lock that lock that answer in, people. All right, so it's the Gordon Damer Show. It's 98.7 FM ESPN New York. I wanted to get that out of the way. Uh, our moment of inspiration is there. I got that out of the way. one 800 espn is the phone number. Got that out of the way. One other thing I wanted to mention before we go to the phones. It seems all the indications are the Yankees, as they introduce Garrett Cole today, they will not be having any press conference to introduce or bring back uh, Dellen Betances. Jack Curry had a report yesterday that it looks like the Yankees are moving on from Dellen Betances. And I will preface this by saying, much like the good housekeeping seal of approval, when it comes to relief pitchers, the Yankees seal of approval, it does carry some weight. Right, like They do a better job identifying guys and, and bringing guys in and developing guys in the bullpen than, than most teams do. So the fact that they, who would have to be able to self-scout on Dellen Patances, they should know more about Dellen Patances than anybody. The fact that Brian Cashman in that front office it uh, doesn't appear like they are wanting to bring back Dellen Patances, considering, when he's right, what his value is, I, I'm I'm willing to give them the benefit of the doubt, but for all the people who who have been taught, oh, seeing Didi on another team, seeing Didi leave, that's t- and it, it, look, I like Didi, but Dylan Batances to me, that's a that's a that's a true Yankee guy. This is a guy that has been through the wars with you, and a guy who even at his age, I know he was hurt last year, but it seems like those type of things shouldn't really impact him long term. Um, that would be, uh, that's a, that's a tough one for me to take. I'm willing to give the Yankees the benefit of the doubt, and it seems like he's going to go elsewhere. And if, if we always say about like gambling, you don't play the teams, you play the numbers. If it does turn out that Dylan Batances leaves the Yankees and goes to the Mets based on the track record of both those organizations in terms of relief pitching, that one you could say, all right, if it doesn't turn, if it doesn't work out, well, it's not really that much of a shock. But that will be a tough one to take when it seems like it's inevitable that uh, Dellen Batances is not going to be back. 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. Oh, yeah, and the poll question. I didn't even mention my uh, vote on the poll question. It is up. It's on Twitter, at Gordon Damer. And it's about the Astros and the Patriots, which scandal is worse if both allegations are proven to be true. Well, I think people are getting this one completely right. If both allegations are proven to be completely true, I think that the, the cheating scandal of the Astros is by far worse I get that the Patriots continually do these things, and they do have to be punished and punished severely. The Astros cheating directly brings into question the integrity of the game, which is the most important thing that any sport should be focusing on. So whenever their their punishment does come down, and it doesn't seem like it's, there's really any push right now, it seems like it's still probably going to be another month or so away. If those allegations get proven to be true, which at this point it would have the the investigation would have to be the most inept investigation in the history of of any sport, because the reports are that Astros employees even admit that they did it. So that means Jeff Lou now. That means that AJ Hinch. Major major implications for both of them and any either player or coach who had a hand in that has to be punished 
in one way, shape, or form. I'm not saying suspensions for everybody, but the first two that are on the list, Jeff Lunau has to be out. A.J. Hinch has to be out. To me, the Patriots one's bad because they just continually do it, but I don't think that that, what they did, they have to be punished because they continue to do it, but I don't think what they did is as impactful as what the Astros are accused of doing. All right, one 800 espn Let's squeeze in one phone call here before we uh, get to Debbie again. Here is Emmanuel in Yonkers. Emmanuel, what's going on, my man? All right, so t- tell me this one thing. Right. Of the teams that you just mentioned, which is the team that you – do you support any of those teams? The Patriots or the Astros? No. Okay, so if your team, the, the one team that you supported, if you – could have them win a championship and do the things that the Patriots and the Astros have done, would you accept that to allow them to have won the championship for you? Because I know I would. Oh, yeah. I mean, mean, in terms of whatever the punishment is, the crime will have been worth it. Right. Absolutely. Maybe not. Maybe I'll say this. Maybe not for the Patriots now because they've won so often. Uh, it's certainly more so for the Astros who had never won, but no, I would say, yeah, both crimes are, are, are worth the, uh, worth the price. The Astros have won twice in the last 20 years, right? No, they've only won one World Series. They only won one. Okay. So as, as me, as a Jets fan and as a Knicks fan who has not seen anything in my lifetime as a 34 year old, I would take any of those opportunities to have, I won't say cheating, because I, they're just they're just being smarter than the rest of the league. I no, they're cheating. I mean, Emmanuel, they're, they're breaking the rules. That's cheating. If you're, if you're knowingly breaking the rules, that's cheating. It's not just being smarter. It's not like, oh, we've discovered some, some metric that nobody else knows about. No, it's cheating. So, so you don't think any other team in the league is doing the same things that they're doing? I know uh, no, I don't. We know, we know they are. Well, they're just not getting caught. No, I, I, not, not certainly not with the Astros, and I don't think the Patriots either. There's never even been a hint of an other team filming the sidelines like the Patriots do. And I'm sure that there are other baseball teams that are trying to uh, steal signals. I mean, it, it, just by people looking at, all right, trying to decipher this or that. I'm sure there are teams that are trying to, to, to do that, but not to the level that the Astros are. The Astros are accused of using cameras and signaling during the – I mean, I know it's been a little while. Maybe we've kind of forgotten what they're accused of, but no, what they're doing – and I'll tell you this right now. If there were other teams accused of it, trust me, those accusations would be made public. Maybe the Astros were just so blatantly obvious that it was easy to find video after video after video of them banging on a trash can. But I haven't seen anybody else come up with any videos of the Yankees. Like, it's all well and good. Well, I'm sure the Yankees are doing it, or I'm sure the Red Sox are doing it. I'm sure this team or that team. All right, show me the evidence. I got evidence against the Astros. If you bring me evidence against the other teams, then okay, fine. But until you do that, uh, I think it's just the Astros that are doing it. To that level. Now back to the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. Just kind of resetting the show. Obviously, today is the day Yankees will introduce Garrett Cole. We've touched on that and how I'm sure that there's going to be a lot of talk about whether or not he's a guy that can handle New York. The fact that he signed some autographs yesterday apparently was a sign. He can handle New York. He's certainly off to a better start than Randy Johnson.
I guess that's true, right? Randy Johnson got off to a pretty bad start, but that is not why he did not succeed here. I think it was more because he was over the age of 40 and uh, his, uh, his stuff, his uh, control was, was starting to fade. But we'll see how Garrett Cole looks without his beard and his hair trimmed all nice and neat as the Yankees introduce him today. We focused on the Patriots scandal, obviously, with this uh, latest allegation of cheating, which really is just the, the latest in a long line. And our poll question, which is up for today on Twitter, at Gordon Tamer, which one do you think is worse, the Astros or the uh, the Patriots, if these allegations are proven true? Most people are saying the Astros, and I would have to agree with that one. It is clearly the Astros. That had much more of an impact of deciding individual games. I don't know what the Patriots really get out of this. And wasn't there a story that, like, when the original allegation happened, that Kraft asked Belichick, like, what do you get out of this? And he said, not a lot. Well, and, and, and Kraft's response was, well, then you're stupid. I, was, I would wonder what he would ask that now, because now you have to be really stupid to continue to do it. And I don't buy – I'm sorry. I do not buy – I can buy some things, but I cannot buy that this was just some rogue individual who just happened to do this for eight minutes of his time. It wasn't like he shot the, the sidelines for a play or two. I mean, come on. You can tell me lots of things. You can't. I, I cannot buy on that one. Sorry. But uh, you can vote on the poll question that's on Twitter, at Gordon Damer. Uh, one other thing before we go back to the phones. Uh, yesterday's poll question about draft position. And anytime we do that, somebody will bring up, and it's a fair point, it's not about where you draft as much as who you draft. And that is absolutely true. There's plenty of examples of guys that were taken later. But the only other side of that, like if you're saying, no, I want the Giants to win games, the last two games, and I don't care about Chase Young. Well, what what benefit is that? What What benefit, if you go out and beat the Redskins and end up getting the fourth or fifth pick, what benefit did you get out of that? For a team that most of the guys are not going to be on next year. I mean, you're going to have to, not all of them, but there's certainly going to be a healthy amount of turnover for the roster. So I don't think that there's really any benefit, especially if Eli does get another start. I mean, what's the benefit there? I'd much rather have the higher pick. Even if it's only, only maybe it only makes it percentage points better of, of, of having success down the road. I'd rather have those percentage points on my side. Uh, let's go out to David and Hazlitt. David, go, my friend, quickly. Hey, I'm a big fan. I just want to paint a picture quickly, starting with A. Mm -hmm. You've got a scenario in Houston where you know what they've done. You've seen Altuve with the monitor and the pictures, right? So you know the batters are using any advances they can. Then you have a scenario where Justin Verlander, a end-of-the-career pitcher in Detroit, on the downwards trend, I'm not lying with this, look at his numbers, comes to Houston and becomes Cy Young Award winner. You've got Garrett Cole. A good pitcher in Pittsburgh, never an amazing picture, never the No, best he had one pitcher. year where he was really, really good. Oh, the point I'm trying to make is quick, okay. though. What if the pitchers are using some sort of sign-stealing also, where they have cameras on the manager or the third base coach who's giving the signs to the batters? What if there's something up in the air right now that hasn't been discussed? Pitchers who leave Houston, like Keuchel, like other pitchers, are never that good anymore. There's uh, maybe something to this. I'm just saying it's. Well, it's look, David, it, it, we have we. I'm running out of time. We have pretty much proven. I know that they have not in, uh, completed their investigation, but it's been pretty much proven that the batters clearly were cheating. Right? Am I to believe that's the only? Am I to believe that the organization said, "Well, this is enough. This is enough of a benefit." No, I'm sure if you're willing to break the rules one way, 
you'd probably be willing to break the rules the other way. I don't know what his eventual point was, that the Astros are cheating in just more than one way or that Cole might end up turning out to be uh, not as good for the Yankees as he was in Houston. I don't know. We shall see. But do I think the Astros could have been cheating in other ways? Absolutely, of course. All right, it's going to do it for today. Poll questions up. Please vote. We'll see you tomorrow at 5, 98.7 FM, ESPN New York. This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN.